The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Um, Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour uh, known as the Tom Sumner Program. I'm joined by uh, a um, author who worked in uh, the real estate and mortgage industry uh, since 1992. He has a book from uh, 2008 which, uh, or the crash of 2008 gave uh, birth to his first book, The Flip. But he has a new book called The Broker, Deal Steals and Moving Forward. His name is uh, D. Sidney Potter. Sidney, welcome to the show. Mr. Sumner, thanks for your time. I appreciate that. Um, I, I, was ju- I was just reading through some things about you. You worked in uh, during the 90s uh, for, for a uh, real estate broker in... Uh, Los Angeles, and, and was it true that at that time there was so much money there you could scoop it up with a net? I, I think you could scoop it up with a toothpick. Uh, it just depends where you were strategically in terms of making money and uh, whether or not it was commercial real estate or residential. I, I, I happened to work for Marcus and Millichap, uh one of the largest uh, commercial real estate brokerages uh, in the nation now at that time, and at that time it was burgeoning and there's a lot of opportunity, so you're 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 just about spot on and at least for that locale and then and then later of course we had the real estate crash of 2008 um which caused you to to which brought about your first book the flip um you talk um it's kind of interesting that was an industry that many looking back on it said really took advantage of people it 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 depends how you look on uh upon it yeah I mean, it, 
it was actually a great period in terms of the black and brown of this country because it gave them home ownership in numbers that had never seen before. Um, but ultimately, unfortunately, in a sick way, it was almost like a pimp um, user um, relationship, meaning you had Wall Street that provided uh, this apparent good for society, um, and most of those uh, unknowingly took advantage of that, uh, but there was a little unfortunate um, after-morning taste to it, meaning that the securities and mortgages that were provided uh, to many people, black, white, brown, anything in between, um, had some issues with them uh, that made them really not a good uh, investment or a good mortgage loan per se, but really a ticking time bomb, meaning that the um, recalibration dates on the interest rates happened despite the negative downturn in the economy, which was really like a suicide pill, uh, a death warrant for those that were in mortgages at the time that wanted to stay in their homes and, and found it suddenly unaffordable. And then, of course, when, when we look at the pimp hustler, our, our, our user, it, it's a very crude analogy. Um, if you're willing to give that product out there, you've got a lot of takers out there. It just depends whether or not you're responsible for it. So you had loans that were called liar loans. Uh, you had those that took advantage of the industry, meaning that the loans were so easy to take and uh, eventually became irresponsible. So depending upon your philosophical take, it was both a good time and a bad time and a good product and a bad product. And and you talk a, a great deal about, and, and you often write about, the social ills of a capitalist society gone wrong as demonstrated by that crash in 2008. Right. Um, yeah, you know, um, um, it's been a great lesson in the sense that it, it, history hasn't exactly repeated itself again, right? Meaning that, uh, you know, when you, let's say, if you look at the tech bubble, uh, that's got a circularity to it where it's, it, it, keeps to seem coming along and you wonder, well, will we ever do that again? Real estate, that really hasn't quite happened. So it's been a good lesson in the sense that those uh, capitalistic tendencies um, have kept itself on its leash. You don't see the advent of liar loans. You just can't, you know, uh, call them with a social security number in a heartbeat and voila, uh, therefore you have a house. Um, I know this. I work in the mortgage operation industry. I've traveled extensively the last 12 years. Um, They've done a very good, responsible job on having learned from their past lessons. Um, a lot of folks got spanked uh, uh, after this crash. Typically, those on the lower rung of the um, of the uh, economic scale. There were some of those that experienced some bad days in terms of those that controlled the market. But um, I look at it as a positive, Tom, in the sense that we've learned more than we've lost in terms of that event, uh, American capitalist history. What's, what's happening now? Um, I, I've talked to some people that are involved with uh, home improvement, for example, and uh, <laughs> their numbers are going through the roof because people have been spending so much time in their homes because of the pandemic that they're wanting to you know, expand or redecorate or redo things. And I think even in some cases, people are wanting a whole new environment. Are, are more people, um, do you see that, that, that people are starting to um, look for new digs to, to 
sort of uh, break that, the monotony? That's that's kind of a fascinating, and and I wrote about that recently on on some twenty twenty one uh, predictions. It, um, uh, <laughs> First and foremost, reality check. And, and I say this as someone, I don't want to get this political this early in the conversation, but I'm, I'm a registered independent. Um, but the unemployment rate is 6.7 as of December 2020. I think for January numbers were actually lower. Historically, that's not bad. Perfect unemployment is about 3.5 to 4.2. Uh, uh, that's what Janet Yellen used to say, that's what Jerome Powell used to say, and Bernanke before that, and and probably Adam Smith would say that if he were alive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he's not. That's, uh, that's almost as interesting a reference as being a registered independent, Sydney. I've never heard anybody put registered in front of it. They just kind of, yeah. I didn't know you could get registered as an independent. I thought you just did it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the thing about registered, that's a word kind of like certification that makes yeah, it right. adult, okay? Um, but yeah, registered, card-carrying, non-card-carrying, um, uh, in, in, independent. Um, uh, lost a little bit of thought right there, but I can't tell you. Oh, yeah, there, there, there is an emergency. So, so the point is, is that there's a great amount of society, affluent America, that still has money, uh, as indicated by unemployment, irrespective of what the adjusted numbers are in terms of the unregistered are the unnoticed unemployed you know the real unemployment numbers uh as long as the people uh, that just stopped looking so they don't show right, up on any right. lists right and and that's been actually a constant too so if you reference to unemployment numbers in the 70s and 60s uh that was never an official toll number so if you say gee was 1974 and it happens to be 13.5 maybe adjusted it was 18 so this is nothing new under the sun so that means there's a lot of residual money out there a lot of it isn't obviously going into restaurants uh, because you can't go to restaurants now, and you've got a bit of a bunker mentality, uh, which begets the opportunity with this residual income to make home improvements, at, at, as you noted, Tom. Uh, folks are going to bigger digs if they can, either upgrading or expanding, um, and that has to do with those that are working and not working or semi-retired simply because you'll be at home more. You've got more money that's been being expent, uh expended in terms of um, recreational dollars uh, for for par golf course, putting green in your backyard, pools, etc., home improvements. Um, so there's lots of money out there. Uh, in terms of commercial brokers, just a quick reference, uh, uh, commercial broker guys that I know are suff semi-suffering, at least on the retail side, but the industrial guys are, are, are doing a bang-up job. There's more of the need to... Um, uh, house goods and, and surpluses and foods from toilet paper to um, um, home improvement uh, items such as you'd find at a Home Depot or Lowell's. So to answer your question, uh, there's been a positive upside on the negativity. Yeah, and I saw an, um, an article just recently that the state of Michigan was anticipating uh, going forward that people who've been working from home would continue to work from home, and that that was uh, putting the state in a position to trim the budget a little bit by using less office space. Right, right, and that's 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 where the commercial brokers or anyone, uh, quite frankly, is is having a bit of a hard time. You know, the economists that I that I follow, like of the CCIM, the Certified Commercial Investment Managers, which is a lot of commercial brokers, and we've got some residential guys that are part of that institute. 
um, will show a yin and a yang here. Uh, so you're seeing renegotiations on these lease terms for uh, those that occupy uh, that office space. Um, you're finding that even though there's more deaths related to the to the plague, there's less deaths related to car accidents because less people are traveling. Um, uh, so there's winners and losers here in the literal sense and uh, the metaphorical sense. But um, um, I think there's a pent-up demand. I think it isn't as bad. I work remote. Um, um, I'm not really on site anymore to mortgage operation in different parts of the country. But there seems to be a pent-up demand, and not as bad as we thought it would seem to be by working from home. There's a lot of upside. I think you'll find out that, that the reliance upon uh, mental our, our health counseling having to do with um, stress related to work and those type of worker compensation claims are probably going to go down. So it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating experience to be alive and hopefully not suffering at this point. Well, yeah, I've I've been uh, saying that I I didn't feel as put out as some people did that all of a sudden found themselves working from home and struggling to upgrade technology to accommodate it and that sort of thing, because I actually started uh, set up a studio in my home and started doing my show from home about two months before I ever heard the phrase COVID nineteen. Wow timing okay. I, it, it well it really was i was all settled i watched all the network people you know trying to keep shows going from their basements and i had to snicker a little bit but um yeah. but yeah it's it's there's going to be a uh, a new normal and i wonder what that means for real estate what kinds of uh shifts we're going to see and and we've just touched on uh, on a mm -hmm. couple right yeah it's um there is a company called uh, this is on the residential side, called uh, EXP, and it it was started by one of the leaders of uh, Amazon or eBay. Don't quote me on that. And they are getting thousands, uh, a couple thousand uh, real estate uh, agents signed up a year. It's a technology-based brokerage that doesn't have doesn't really have brick and mortar, and they're just sucking up all the air in the room. Um, in terms of those real estate brokers that previously be, uh, belong, our agents belong to, um, you know, the Sotheby's and the Better Gardens and the Remaxes and the Coldwell Banker, um, they're, and 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 they're really more of a technology company as opposed to a real estate company. The interesting aspect about that is that um, <laughs> it, they have like a for those that have a 50-inch you know, LCD uh, plasma screen in their home office, it's great because they're, they get to go to work virtually and say hi to their other um, mates, I suppose, um, at work and type of icons. So it's for those that aren't really deep into real estate brokerage, you know, I, fi I, f I follow a lot of the um, indices here in terms of those that are the most productive brokerages on the residential side and the commercial side. Uh, and EXP doesn't show up on the charts. That's because... If we go back to community, Tom, people that feel a sense or need to have a sense of community are flocking to this type of, of, of real estate buying tech. That's what they call it, F-I-N tech company, where it gives it more of a social aspect, a social media aspect. Sydney, I, I hate to interrupt, but I have to put a comment here. I've got a break coming up. Can you stick around so we can talk some more? You bet. Love it. This is great. Um, 
we're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in if you're streaming us. We have some Hello, messages darling. as this well. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Tom Sumner. 
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about a new book called The Broker Deal, Steals, and Moving Forward by D. Sidney Potter and the broker himself. Sydney joins me by phone. Sydney, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. No, Mr. Sumner, I appreciate your formality and professionalism. Just fine. Um, we were talking just before the break a little bit about... Uh, well, uh, this idea that, that people are improving their homes and, in some cases, buying more homes. Your first book, um, The Flip, uh, was uh, a f- in the wake of the uh, real estate crash of 2008, or the the Great Recession, as it has been called. Um I remember, you know, in the wake of that thinking, I would never buy again. That I would just that I would just rent forever. Um, was there a, a surge of that? People saying, you know, I think I'll just rent. I'm not going to get stuck with a house that's upside down on its mortgage. Well, uh, I hate to ask answer your question rhetorically, but yes, there was. And and dating back or going back to our, my earlier comment, there was an unfortunate precipitous drop amongst everyone every, uh, across all color spectrums in terms of melanation but the black and brown had the high 58 59 percent of ownership everybody dipped about 10 points down uh back to the 1950s before the true americana or the most recent uh, americana boom uh, that that we think of today when america was america for everybody i guess i suppose um uh, think, think, uh, to all, the extent that it ever has been <laughs> I know, and I, I wanted to be careful with my words because, um, you know, philosophically, this could be a three-hour conversation, and we, we could actually learn something, uh, and I'd love to hear more of your thoughts. But, um, yeah, whose definition, whose America is it? But everyone took a hit. Um, it did rebound. I was going to say that all real estate is local, uh, and in fact it is. Uh, and the former SAND states, S-A-N-D, that being Arizona, Nevada, Florida, uh, within three to four years, uh, boomed back in certain lo- locales. So uh, other places, usually the higher-end markets, San Francisco, um, Miami being the exception in the SAND state, New York uh, were a little bit um, recalcitrant in, in, gain, in gaining their former statue. The bigger they are, the harder they fall, so New York had a big hit. Uh, so it, it was indeed cyclical in terms of the trending for appreciation, but the, and this references to a point made earlier, the underwriting standards uh, were just more restrictive, meaning that you could easily slip into a home, let's say if you had a 620 FICO, uh, and I would venture to say five out of ten Americans over the age of 40 know what a FICO stands for. Um, but now you, you, you needed um, you know, something a little bit more appreciable than a 625 FICO. You needed to have a little bit more skin in the game and more than just 3 to 5% down, which is what FHA and VA do. Uh, but you needed to have, let's say, a 680, uh, which is a, a stretch for some folks. So it means we're still out there lending. It just has to be done a little bit more responsibly. And along with that, you'll get the appreciation. 
And, and when you say appreciation, I'm about to mention a different kind of appreciation. But um, you're talking about uh, the, the um, especially with regard to residential properties and home ownership, the values have begun to appreciate again. Right. I get a lot of um, newsletters, periodicals, by old-fashioned snail mail and, and also emails, uh, in particular California, uh, nationwide on select markets. They call them MSAs, Metropolitan Statistical Areas, and um, huge uh, Riverside County, Los Angeles County, Orange County, that's Southern California, have gone up 10% the last quarter. That's, that's 40% per annum. Um, it will probably end up being in the high teens to 20 plus percent. That's just not Southern California. That's nationwide, where uh, folks have residual money and they're able to to transition remotely, and they're probably making high fives to six figures, um, which is high fives would be 80,000 plus, and you've got the money to to um, uh, refinance your home and buy uh, an additional home, or maybe even a second home, or buying real estate rentals which are a good buy now because there's an issue on whether or not folks uh, are paying their rent. Uh, and when that bill comes due, uh, a lot of uh, landlords are experiencing the pain of having deferred payment. Um, but eventually that's going to have to be uh, paid and that bill's going to come due. So, uh, you know, the real estate market is booming in another sense, but it's also we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, and it will, and it will probably result in more defaults uh, on the commercial and residential side. And and that's interesting, and I, and I hadn't really given that a lot of thought, although it's been in the news quite a bit, this, this idea that through uh, various government restrictions, whether it's federal or state, um, mm-hmm. foreclosures have been suspended. And there is going to be a big post-COVID adjustment. Um, I, I think that's good. Yeah, there'll be a reckoning. Um, um, I, I, don't, I, I don't know, you know, uh, how, how that's going to, if the market can absorb it. The, the, the market's going to have to absorb it. And there'll be some winners and losers, just as uh, noted early on the commercial brokerage side, on brokers that are going to make money and some that are going to be pushed out of the business. Uh, there might be some government subsidies. Uh, we have government subsidies right now uh, for big businesses to small uh, sole proprietorships in the terms of the PPP program, you'll see, um, uh, well, like Marcus and Millichap, whom I was a former broker with, um, their national REIT, the Real Estate uh, Investment Trust that has about 40 to 50,000 uh, apartment units under its uh, ownership, will see government assistance to ha- have some type of sub- subsidies or tax breaks uh, to lower that boom on the coming defaults or, or at least the, the lack of, of uh, rental receipts, meaning that your collections are typically historically 90 to 95%. The small mom and pops are probably at 60 to 65% in terms of collecting the rent they should get. Uh, they'll sell at, at a very nice price, so it's an opportune time for, for uh, scavengers to buy if they have the money. Um, so, you know, that would be the prediction there in terms of when the other shoe drops. I mentioned I was going to bring up another kind of uh, appreciation, and, and that 
it has to do with, and, and we touched on this in the last segment, um, people that have been forced to stay in their homes, either because they're, they're out of work and sheltering at home or because they're working from home, and in some cases homeschooling and, and all mm-hmm. of the things that we've come to know as, as normal as Zoom meetings during the last year. Um, are people appreciating their homes more? <laughs> you know, do, do they have a greater appreciation for home ownership? And is that going to make people more likely to want to invest in a home again? I think the, the, the fundamentals for home ownership, to go to the American dream, <laughs> are, are still in place. Um, there's nothing like having your own home. Think about the average age a person or family buys a home is in about their mid-30s, 32. Um, my casa, your casa, I mean, that it, 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 it goes across um, ethnic lines. That's going to be, I think, almost a, uh, a humanistic, uh, innate, inherent um, desire. Um, the fact that it becomes more affordable uh, is just icing on the cake. Um, the good thing... Uh, I believe, and, and I say this in a political sense with this administration, is that they'll probably will be rooting for home ownership across all, I, I mean, how could you not, um, eth- ethnic lines, meaning that instead of coaching it into ethnic lines, per se, you go to what is your so- social demographic uh, level. Uh, and there's lots of white folks out there um, that are below the poverty line uh, that are going to be lifted with the tide, all, all boats are lifted with the rising tide, and I think that's what this administration is going to try to uh, uh, affect uh, with the lenders out there. Uh, and for any other reason, I think we go back to George Bush. Uh, don't get depressed; just go out there and shop. I mean, as cynical as that may have sounded, um, there's other ways to say that. Um, but 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 you want economic prosperity. Uh, the Republicans and Democrats want that uh, because holistically, it's it it really is better. Uh, for the company, and there is nothing, uh, when, especially when you think of big ticket purchases and items and washing machines and dryers and refrigerators, um, um, home improvement tools, saws, uh, drill bits, uh, everybody wins, from those that work in retail to the contractors to, to those that improve their homes, that lo- <clears throat> to those that lo- work in the mortgage industry that do the, uh, uh, the HELOCs, the home equity line of credits to uh, uh, enable someone to take money out of their home to to foster these type of improvements that you're talking about. Um, it, it's an idle time for things to be mutually good if uh, if, if everyone wins by investing in home ownership. Um, what that means in terms of mortgage underwriting guidelines, I think that those FICO scores will probably dip a little bit, but reasonably and responsibly so. Um, and I believe typically the LTV, the loan-to-value, uh, will probably improve, meaning that ideally you'll see a lot of those loans from the big lenders, <laughs> cases, wishes that will require less down. Hey, I, I've got to ask, since I have uh, you know sure. somewhat of an expert on the line, um, as as much as I like uh, Tom Selleck, can you explain to me how reverse mortgages are not a way to take somebody's home? <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching Blue Buds uh, last night. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Tom Selleck, too, since his, his Magnum days. Uh, I think that's gotten a lot of... Technically, you could. 
Okay. Uh, anytime there's a default in payments and, you know, listen, I, I, Tom, what I say is that uh, when it comes to your car or your home, for the most part, unless you own it free and clear, you really don't own it. The bank owns it. Right. Okay? And, and that's, you know, a uh, reverse mortgage doesn't escape from that. The problem with reverse mortgages is that there's been some high-profile, very irresponsible players out there that have given it um, a bad name. Um, there is the opportunity for the estate to keep the home, okay, after the decedent um, yeah. no longer living. But I, I don't believe it's as... Um, Bad of a problem as some may appear it to be. I, I, I think it got, if if it hasn't gotten to the point where there's congregational hearings on it, then it hasn't gotten to the point where it's probably <laughs> malignant. Okay, I, I think that's a good barometer. I, I remember one time a uh, a local congressman. This was many years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Was running unopposed in an election. We were having lunch one day, and he said. Uh, he said, yeah, he says, uh, I'm having a tough time because I'm running unopposed and I still have to, you know, run a campaign and raise a few dollars and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, and I don't know what it means that nobody's running against me. And I said, well, <laughs> I, I think it means nobody's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, just, uh, just, you know, sometimes when you get low voter turnout, you say, well, listen, that uh, means our democracy's working, Okay. <laughs> the people are satisfied, happy. They're placated. Don't don't worry about it. Well, it, that just that just flashed through my mind when you were talking about if if we're not having congressional hearings on it, that I, it's probably going okay. There you go. Um, one other thing that, and this is um, <clears throat> as speculative as as you can possibly get. Um, I I've heard a lot of people talking about a new normal. But nobody seems to really know what that's going to be. Do you have any thoughts on what the new normal is going to be like going forward with uh, real estate, for example? Uh, well, I, the, well uh, I mentioned it before, and, and, and I always like to go to previous touch um, touchstones in a conversation, the company, and I'm not, I'm not pushing them. I don't own stock. I own stock in a couple of real estate tech companies. But EXP is an odd situation. It's his residential st- r- real estate brokerage, and I see flocks of residential guys. I'm not in the regi- residential business per se at this moment that are going there because it's cheaper. It's more affordable, and they're able to stay in the business and there's no need to be physically in person. It's been that way for a long time to a certain extent for, uh, for, for some aspects about real estate. So that's the new normal where, you know, why does it make sense to have so much overhead to pay to a brick-and-mortar brokerage when you can just do it uh, by membership online only? Um, so that's a fascinating aspect, especially if that real estate world that someone is in becomes more social media orientated. Uh, and they don't have to go out and about. You're going to see different trend marks there in terms of the age of the uh, of the uh, uh, real estate professionals. Probably, if you're approaching 60, uh, you might be a little bit more cognizant of your health in terms of staying in. And so that's almost a, not only a life decision, but a quality of life decision. Uh, you know, I've always thought that you know, there's so much residual money that Americans have for the most part. There, there's a lot of folks out there that are hurting as well that I've always found it 
fascinating as to how many restaurants there are. And I think America had an awakening. It says, do we really need to be like the Greeks and Romans and just uh, live with a sense of luxury to so many restaurants and, and, and not really, okay, that will just be okay and that's fine uh, without them. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people that are out of work with the result of that, but that's a sign of an affluent society, so in terms of the number of restaurants. Uh, commercial brokerages, um, just very quickly, Tom, the guys that I know on the retail side, uh, the multi-residential side, are having a more difficult time because there's less transactions. Uh, you find that the sellers, the owners, institutional owners of these large 300-unit complexes are not offering a 4% fee. They're going down to 2.5% fee. They're doing less transactions for lower rates. That hurts, but the industrial guys are licking their chops right now uh, because there is a need to hoard uh, 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 material in, in industrial complexes uh, for for items that need to be done or, 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 or need to be sold. There's something called in economics called JIT, just-in-time inventory. I learned that in MBA school about 25 years ago. That isn't really the 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 mantra at this point. At this point, it's to have a ready supply in order to meet the demand. Well, I have to ask, because I read that you were raised in a biracial home with a black Christian father and an Italian Jewish mother, and I couldn't help wondering how many boxes you have to check in the demographic section of various forms. I think I, it wasn't until I was in my <laughs> mid, probably mid-20s, till, till, till I saw other, you know, on, <laughs> On on an application and probably the U.S. Census, okay, it was either, yeah. it was just literally it was either black or white, just and that was pretty much it, you know. Um, I I you know I I still have relatives uh, on the west side in, in Los Angeles, West Los Angeles, still have relatives living on uh, in South Central Los Angeles. Um, I, you know, I was self-taught in terms of the theology. Uh, the, Bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah for the girl, the, uh, the guy, uh, in terms of the, the Jewish side of the family, lived in the uh, UCLA, West LA, Beverly Hills area, and um, you know, the black side of the family, uh, which which didn't celebrate Kwanzaa, by the way, <laughs> that was kind of a new thing that came about in the '60s, and even my relatives were saying, "What's that about?" That's kind of odd. I'll just, I'll just stick with the old guy with the white beard. He's, he seems pretty cool to me, you know, with our Baptist churches. But but you're right, there was a lot of boxes. Check! And um, <laughs> hopefully someone's, you know, those that find themselves in that other category are comfortable with those. Well, we have a few minutes left. The book is uh, The Broker, Deal, Steals, and Moving Forward, in which it has been promised by uh, your publicist that you share wildly entertaining stories about your career as a uh, commercial real estate broker working in downtown Los Angeles in the mid-90s. Um, do, do you have one or two that, that come to mind that you don't mind sharing? I Well... I, I think they're for polite audiences only, and some of them get very racy, so I want to be respectful. <laughs> well, it's, it's, <laughs> I really it's Los Angeles. We expect that. Yeah, well, this was, <laughs> well, you, you know, the neat thing about that, that commercial brokerage and still today is there was a lot of hip guys there that were, that were athletes, meaning that when you get in the locker room, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Jewish, or Gentile, uh, 
and it gets pretty racy in terms of the language. You know, as long as you're making a buck and you're hustling, nobody cares if you're West Los Angeles or South Central or right. Koreatown or uh, Glendale, a lot of Armenians out there. Uh, so it was just a great time. Uh, Marcus and Miller Chaps, and there's a handful of brokerages that are, that have got some guys that are just hustlers, but in a good way. And uh, I experienced some of that. I was in the running for Rookie of the Year during my five years with in commercial brokerage, and just had a lot of stories that um, that and, and they're short vignettes too. They're they're not they're not long. Some of the chapters are only five to six seven pages long, but I recount that and I intermix that with. Uh, growing up in Southern California in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's, that's what it really encapsulates. Because of some of the references you've made, I, I suspect we're of a similar age. But you have, um, let's see, this is, this is interesting. Your first book, The Flip, The True Life Story of How a Successful New Tract Home Investor Went from Zero to Hero Back to Zero. Mm. Um, and and you've written a number of essays and so on and i always want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your your books and your your writing your work past present and future sydney do you have a website yeah uh you go to the broker dot tv or the flip just like it sounds dot tv uh, and, and obviously, um, that's going to have uh, where you can find the book, uh, the, the World Wide Web, D. Sidney Potter, or Sidney Potter Real Estate. You're, you're going to find a lot of current writings and writings that, uh, over the past uh, 12 to 15 years. One of my books called The Essayist is where I traveled, almost like in a Jack Koryak style, um, uh, the writer from uh, uh, On the Road. And, yeah. Uh, had had a lot of writings from Minnesota to Dallas to New York to Miami to Los Angeles, Phoenix, about working for these uh, brokerages. This is after the crash, uh, where I traveled the road for uh, uh, five years, and and a lot of the writings ended up on the Huffington Post, uh, Dissident Voice, okay, mm, yeah. uh, good, good, uh, right wing and left wing writings. Um, so that's where you're going to find a lot of current past uh, material. Well, and that seems appropriate for a registered independent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Sydney, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, and uh, I, I wish you a lot of luck with the book. And is this kind of a strange time to be coming out with a book because of the pandemic? Is it a little, yeah, little yeah, weirder to promote? And can't can't really do book signs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's too bad, but that's the way it goes. And I, I would have loved to have been up to Powell's bookstore out there in the Seattle uh, Eugene area of Oregon, uh, and Brome's bookstore, you know. But I can't do that in Pasadena. But it's there, there's a lot of interest, so I, I'm simply happy to talk about real estate in the book. Well, thanks, uh, thanks again for spending some time and and sharing some of your wisdom with us this morning. I appreciate it very much. Tom, have a good rest of the day. All right, take care. Once again, that was, uh, let's see, officially, he is uh, known as D. Sidney Potter. He is uh, the author of uh, a number of books, but his uh, most recent, The Broker, Deals, Steals, and Moving Forward. We're going to uh, take a short break. If you're listening to us on WFOV, 
92.1 LPFM, Our Voices Radio in Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. We'll be back with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program straight ahead. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, 
Take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, George Parr, you are in an investment banker. I am, yes. Yes. And as such, you have your fingers right on the pulse of the financial market. Yeah, very much so, yes. And uh, during the summer, there's been... Uh, a great deal of turbulence and volatility, volatility, volatility in the market, the, yes. yes. Tremendous, yes, tremendous. Yes, yes. and uh, what has caused that? Well, uh, you have to remember two things about the market. One is that they are made up of very sharp and sophisticated people mm. who, uh, um, these are the greatest brains in the world. And the second thing you have to remember is that the financial markets, uh, to use the common phrase, are driven by sentiment. Uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, things, let's say, are just going along as normal in the market. And then, suddenly, out of the blue, one of these very sharp and sophisticated people says, My God, something awful is going to happen! Uh, we, we lost everything! Oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, shall I jump out of the window? Shall I jump out of the window? <laughs> Let's all jump out of the window. We, oh, we, sell! We've lost a sell! 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 sell. Yes, precisely. Yes, precisely. <laughs> and then, a few days later, this same uh, sophisticated person says, You know, I think things are going rather well. And everybody says, yes, I, I agree with you. I think we're rich. We're rich. Yes. We're rich. Bye-bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye-bye, yes. yes. And that, that is, that's what we call market sentiment. Uh, but, uh, well, <laughs> yes, uh, surely we are exaggerating just a bit, aren't well, we? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, in August, in the middle of August this year, when the market absolutely plunged in, in London, the, uh, a well-known city firm, uh, State Street Global Markets, mm-hmm. uh, issued a statement in which it said, and I quote, Market participants don't know whether to buy on the rumour and sell on the news. Do the opposite, do both, or do neither, depending on which way the wind is blowing, unquote. (laughs) Yes, and this is the kind of rigorous analysis Analysis. the companies (laughs) will pay huge salaries for. Yes, exactly. And a, a few days later, when the markets have gone up a little bit, the senior equities advisor on ABM, Ambro Morgan, said, and I quote, we're back to happy days again. <laughs> well, no price is too high for that, uh, no. for that kind and, of and mature wisdom. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of people are, are paid millions of pounds in bonuses. Yes, of course. 
Uh, during this summer, there have been actual causes behind the volatility in the markets, yes, haven't there? I yes. mean, specifically and especially in America, uh, granting vast numbers of mortgages uh, to people who can't afford them yes. on properties which are diminishing in value. Yes, these are so-called subprime uh, situation, yes, the subprime, subprime market. Yes. How, how does that work, in fact? Well, imagine, uh, if you can, uh, say, <coughs> an unemployed black man sitting on a crumbling porch somewhere in Alabama in his string vest, and mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a chap comes along and says, would you like to buy this house before it falls down? And um, why do you let me lend you the money? And is this chap who says this, is he a banker? Oh, no, no, no. He's a mortgage salesman. He's depend- his income depends entirely on the number of mortgages that he can arrange. So his judgment to arrange mortgages is completely objective? Completely objective, yes. It, absolutely. It would. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and, and what happens next? Well, then, this debt, this mortgage, is, 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 debt is, 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 is taken, uh, bought by a bank, and p- packaged together mm-hmm. uh, on Wall Street with a lot of other uh, similar debts. Without going into much detail about what is actually... Without going into any detail. No, it's far too boring. Oh. <laughs> and so this is, this is put into a package of debt, and, so, and then it's moved on to Wall Street, and this, this is it's extraordinary what happens then, that mm-hmm. somehow this package of dodgy debt stops being a package of dodgy debts and starts being what we call a structured investment vehicle. <laughs> and, uh, SIV? And SIV, exactly, yes. Yes, I see. And then someone like you comes along and, 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 and buys it. I, I buy it, yes. And uh, yes. then I will ring up, I don't know, somebody in Tokyo and say, look, I've got this package, do you want to buy it? Mm-hmm. And they say, what's in it? And I say, I haven't got the faintest idea. <laughs> and they say, how much do you want for it? And I say, a hundred million dollars. And then they say, fine, that's it. And that's the, that's the market. <laughs> and presumably, this package, I mean, that kind of thing can happen several times oh, to the could, same yes, could, uh, possibly, package. Possibly, yes. and, uh, and every time it does, of course, um, then you or someone like you will get a fee and a markup. And, and a profit, and, yes. And, yes. And, and so well, you might expect us to do it for nothing. It's hard work, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> In view of the fact that, that in these packages there's a lot of dodgy debt, mm. what is it about it that attracts the, the financial you know, risk-takers? Yes, well, because um, these, for these hedge funds, as they're called, which specialize in these debts, um, they all have very good names. You mean they're responsible companies? <laughs> no, no, I don't, it's nothing to do with their reputation. They have actually very, very good names. The, the names they think up of them are very good. I'll give you an example. <laughs> there, there, there's a, a very well-known American Wall Street firm called Bear Stearns mm-hmm. who have two of these hedge funds which specialize in these, these mortgage debts. And uh, they lost so much money, well, lost so much of its value, that Bear Stearns announced that they would have to put in $3.2 billion dollars into one of the funds to try and keep it afloat. $3.2 billion? $3.2 billion, yes, yes. And even then they said the investors couldn't get any money out of it and they were going to let the other fund go. But one of these funds was called the High Grade Structured Credit Strategies Fund and the other was called the High Grade Structured Credit Enhanced Leverage Fund. <laughs> well, that sounds very good. That's good, it? isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is the the magic of the market. What started off as lending a few thousand dollars to an unemployed black man in a string vest has become a high-grade structured credit enhanced leverage fund. (laughs) I like the sound of it. It it is good. It sounds very trustworthy. I mean, it's got good words in it. It's got words like 
High? High is good. High is good. <laughs> yes, better than low, anyway, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and structured is another good word. Very good. Enhanced? Is I love enhanced. Enhanced is very good. I mean, I'd buy anything if it we said enhanced. Absolutely. Yes. yes. It might have been different if it said the unemployed black man in the string best fun, but... but, but <laughs> yes, because then uh, alarm bells might start... Alarm bells might to ring. But uh, despite these very plausible names, surely the reality is that the people that lent all this money have been incredibly stupid. Oh, no, no, no. The reality is that what was stupid is for at some point somebody asked how much money these houses were actually worth. I mean, stupid. if they hadn't bothered to ask that question, then everything would have gone on as perfectly normal. But they, unfortunately, they did. I see, but now, you see, people are saying the crisis is likely to turn into a financial meltdown. I mean, can that be avoided? It can be avoided, provided uh, that governments and central banks g give us, the financial speculators, back the money that we've lost. <laughs> but isn't that rewarding greed and stupidity? No, no. <laughs> It's rewarding what the Prime Minister Gordon Brown called the ingenuity of the markets. That is, <laughs> you see, and, and, and uh, we don't want we don't want this money to spend on ourselves. We want this money just to go into the market so that we can carry on borrowing and lending money as if nothing had happened without thinking too much about it. <laughs> yes, but if the worst came to the worst and uh, you didn't get this money, what then? Well, then there'd be another market crash, and then I would say to you what people like me always say, that it's not us that will suffer, it's your pension fund. Thank you very much, George Parr. My pleasure. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. What a great lineup of guests. Very fascinating conversation with uh, well, this past hour with the author of The Broker, Deal Steals and Moving Forward, D. Sidney Potter. Sidney was uh, delightful to talk to and a really fun interview uh, in honor of Black History Month and, and for people like me who love talking about old movies and, and uh, actors and actresses and so on with uh, the author of a new book Josephine Baker's Cinematic Prism Terry Simone Francis from Indiana University and we started out this morning talking with um, a uh, an EMT David S. Cochran who uh, has written a book about his uh, stories working with and for FEMA 
called Behind the Mask, Untold Stories of EMS in a Pandemic. Good night, everybody. This program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.